Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 316. My name is Brando. Another episode, if you're listening on iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts, great but I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Watch on YouTube because this is going to be a fun one, I believe. David Plastic, I don't believe you're actually in outer space right now. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is where I currently live I've lived for the last 20 years. Okay. Wow. Vegas. I still have yeah. I've yet to go to, to Vegas. It's, I, it's, it's an interesting place. Yeah, I, I know a lot of New Yorkers that haven't been to Vegas. I I came here via Los Angeles. I mean, I moved to Hollywood in 1986 after I graduated college. And that's where I met. That's where I discovered Guns N' Roses. I never had heard of Guns N' Roses before I saw them. Um, Guns N' Roses were third on a bill. Before they were signed with Ted Nugent and Black and Blue at Santa Monica Civic Center. Didn't know who Guns N' Roses were. Didn't do any research on Guns. I don't even think they were even announced as on a bill. Or if they were, then, you know, that's news to me. Um, you know, because they weren't known in New York. You know, they weren't known, you know, and I just moved. I literally moved to California or Hollywood a month before that. And... Um, I was photographed and I was, you know, I was, I was, um, um, got permission to shoot Ted Nugent in that concert, went there, was backstage and I saw the opening band go on. I took a peep. I knew who Black, I knew who Black and Blue was too, uh, but I didn't know who Guns N' Roses was. And um, I took a peep, Guns N' Roses was on stage. It looked interesting. I said, I'm going to run out there and grab, shoot like, half a roll of photos, you know, back then we were pretty limited on what we could shoot and everything cost money. I actually saw Robert John in the pit, Robert John being their staff photographer, Axel's good friend, so on in the pit. He was all, he all had, he had, he already had a Guns N' Roses jacket. I'm like, who the, who is this band? <laughs> and, and why do they have some guy, you know, like who's this guy, you know, all uh, with his, you know, with his, um, with his, you know, j denim jacket and this and that. And so, so I took, I went in, you know, because I don't want to miss on any opportunity. This band could be huge one day. And, you know, six months later, I was glad I took those initial pictures, um, which we'll show you online when we get to uh, my site. We'll show you the very first pictures I took a Slash. I didn't meet them then. I didn't know them. I didn't meet them backstage. I wish I would have because then I would have seen the street scene gig because I was actually at the street scene, but there was a hundred bands, 30 stages, and you know, you couldn't be everywhere. Um, <laughs> and then there was another gig that I wish I would have been to also when they opened for Johnny Thunders. 
who I was a huge fan of Johnny Thunders, Johnny Thunders being a Queens uh, native, just like us. Just and, like us, right? Yeah. And I was, you know, I was a huge Johnny Thunders fan, grew up in the 80s, just love, you know, and I would have, I would have went to that gig in Long, in, in Long Beach. Hmm. In addition, you know, knowing that I can got, you know, both, but, you know, I think I got, my pretty good opportunities with Guns N' Roses in the little time that I photographed them. And the fact was, that you just started this off with this, this really engaging story of how you first met them and you didn't hear yeah. about them. And you're like, who is this guy? Why yeah. do they, why do they, you know, are they that big? They get a denim jacket on. You know, yeah, so. Exactly. That, that, that they have a guy that dedicated himself to them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there wasn't, yeah. there wasn't a guy with a Ted Nugent jacket out there. And Ted Nugent was, you know, pretty big, you know, at that time. Um, so, you know, who was this, who was this band, you know, what is their following, you know? And so I just, like I said, I took a, you know, probably a dozen or maybe two dozen photos. And who is this is kind of going to be the theme of other than Guns N' Roses today's episode, because David Plastic, you're like, how did you, we're talking off the air and that's how we both know, you know, I'm, I live in Queens now. I'm a New York native. You are, and you don't live there now, obviously, in Vegas and, and moving out to the West Coast with a lot of, for a lot of your career. I like that within your first uh, story, there's that uh, per- perspective of a New Yorker like finding out about this band. Because we were talking, again, off the air about, you know, like my age and I didn't see them at the time. And, and, and I get different listeners and guests on who have a different perspective of when they found Guns N' Roses. And yeah, I get a lot of people from ground zero, so to speak. And it were there when they were uh, forming, but they were there, they were there in LA. They didn't, they didn't travel, you know, yeah. and then catch them, you know, in that little, that lightning in a bottle before it exploded in a different area. So to get your perspective on it is kind of, Awesome. So if you don't know, uh, rock star photographer, David Plastic, uh, which, and I correct, I, I, I want to make sure David Plastic sounds like an action figure. You know, it, it, it sounds fake, but it's, it's, it's as real as could be. I, I took all the bullshit that went along with that name in, in, in grade school. I've been called every, you know, you know, everyone's like, what the hell's plastic? You know, um, it's, you know, it's my real name. It wasn't anything made up. You know, my, my parents are, my parents share the same last name, even though they're deceased. You know, I mean, we all, you know, there's not many of us left. Plastic is a very uncommon name and it seems fake, but no, no, it's as real as could be. And it's just a coincidence that I'm in the rock and roll photography world or whatever, where it seems kind of made up. Or, you know, just like Slash, you know, that's not his real name. That's, you know, Axel's not, his, you know, he's, you know, there's none of them. You know, Stephen Adler's the only one that used his real name. Right. Not even Izzy, of course. Yeah, not even Izzy. Uh, Jeff is, a, yeah, 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 even though, you know. Uh, okay. And no offense to any of my radio friends, but if you were like David Rock, you know, or David Metal, then I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk. Oh, uh, but Bob Rock, I don't think changed his name. I know. I know. Well, I think <laughs> real, was it, is that his real name though? That, I, I think so. Know. I All think right. so. I think, I think so. Cause Mick Rock didn't change. Mick Rock, the photographer from the seventies that just passed away two days ago. Did you know I him? Think, no, I actually never met Mick. I mean, of course I know of him, mm-hmm. big fan of his, you know, but no, I never got to meet Mick. Mick really didn't exist 
past the 70s. Um, as far as I know, he may existed in living, but sure. I don't remember him photographing anything beyond, like, I don't see any Guns N' Roses photos he has. I don't think he has a gun, you know, or anything like that. I don't think he shot anything like that. Um, but yeah, I think that's his real name, believe it or not. So real name, David Plastic. We, yeah. we know it, it's you. So I want to know, like, when did you start realizing, like for me, when did I, I found, I wanted to be a sportscaster when I was younger and somehow that, that came to my career now. Sure. When did you realize you wanted to, to, you know, take photographs and not just for fun, but be for, for real. I, I can easily tell you that, you know, it's, um, I started going to concerts when I was 14. We moved to Manhattan when I was 14. Uh, my family moved to Manhattan when I was 14. And I just got in, even though I've been into music for a good part of my life, probably since I was, you know, my whole life, I got introduced to rock and roll, you know, regular rock and roll during the, uh, like in 76, 75, but in 78, I was 14 because I'm 58 now, I'll be 58. Um, and I was able to go to my first concert, Madison Square Garden being right down the street from where I grew up because I grew up at Lincoln Center, uh, a subway ride away. Um, we bought, I bought tickets, you know, I start, I discovered concerts. I, I had no idea what a concert was. Do you remember your first concert? So, yeah. Oh yeah. But, um, it was Boston. Nice. Who was the biggest band in the land at that time. Yes. The Sammy Hager opening. Wow. I had never heard of Sammy Hager. Uh, I guess I was 14. I went by myself. I didn't even have friends that were into rock and roll. Um, that lived in Manhattan. I was brand new to Manhattan. You know, my, um, I went to a Nick game with my father mm. at Madison Square Garden and literally walked through the box office. And I see all these, you know, Boston coming in concert, ELO, yes. These were all my first concerts. My first month of concerts was Boston, yes, ELO, Jethro Tull, um, and a few other bands. And, you know, all bands I knew of. And I, you know, tickets were $9.50, $10, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it wasn't much. So yeah, we could, you know, and I could buy them and I bought tickets and basically discovered a concert. You know, no one took me to a concert. I literally went on my own at 14 years old, took the subway, went to a concert, had no idea I was ever going to be a photographer and never was going to, no idea I was ever going to be a musician. I, I'm not a musician. I don't have, I have no musical talent. I tried to do it. Yeah. Uh, my cousin tried to teach me how to play guitar. I'm left-handed. Mm. And I got, um, and I less, literally could not find someone that wanted to teach me how to play guitar left-handed when I, in, in 1978. <laughs> so I gave up that, that, that idea of becoming a musician. And the funny thing was becoming a photographer in 1980, I already have gone to concerts for two years. I've gone to a lot of concerts. And my father was not the biggest fan of my long hair, my listening rock and roll music. You know, he wanted me to, you know, he didn't understand. So he bought me a camera to give me a new hobby um, instead of rock and roll. <laughs> Little did he know, I bring that camera to a concert um, in Central Park, you know, this was when the Dr. Pepper Music Festival was existing in 1980. 
in Central Park in Woman Ring, which was literally in my backyard. Central Park was my backyard because uh, I lived on 63rd Street. So right there, literally you could walk, you could hear the concerts from our window. Hmm. And I went to a concert, went to see the Jefferson Starship, and I brought my camera. I did not know how to use the camera. I literally was trial and error, and I, you know, I, you know, and I uh, got, you know, a few good pictures, but mostly nothing great. And I just kind of excelled from there. I really never took lessons to be a photographer. And I got, I unfortunately, my father trying to steer me the different way, becoming a photographer. I literally didn't know I was going to become a rock and roll photographer and, and it continued <laughs> but 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 he 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 welcomed it once he saw um that i was able to sell my photos you know show them at flea markets when i was 16 getting published when i was still a teenager okay so i started very young you know being a rock and roll photographer um 16 i did not and and you know didn't know I can get published until three years later. You know, I, I would see people like Mark Weiss mm. and a few other of the New York photographers in the photo pit. And I was just in a seat in the audience um, with my camera. Back then, you really could easily walk in with your camera. You could walk in with a bomb. They could care less <laughs> in New York, in Madison Square Garden. It was just that open, no metal detectors, no searching of your bag. It was a different or, world. I may mean, have not have been alive, but I know it was a different world. Yeah. So, so I was able to, you know, just walk right in, walk with my camera, be, you know, not have to worry about three songs. Um, I just had to worry about getting a good spot. Did you, you know, have a tremendous a setup? Did you have like a tremendous setup to bring no, in? No, I had a shitty camera, shitty camera with a shit. You know, I had one camera. Wasn't a good one. A Konica camera. Okay, you know, okay brand. I had one lens, I yeah, one lens, a zoom lens, and uh and a couple rolls of film and basically learned from there. You know, I didn't even know that slide film existed back in the day, back when we were before we can get published, um slide film is was the was the what what was accepted for publishing. Um, I took negative film, which is what most people take, you know, something you take the one hour photo and get developed. That's all negative. So you get negatives. That's all negative film. The, the proper film that they wanted was a, you know, a certain speed, certain, uh, ISL, you know, which was mostly Kodachrome or a slide film. It was e easy to publish from, but I didn't, I didn't take any pictures on slide film because I didn't know any better. You know, it was basically literally just I learned on the street. Did you watch the did you watch people like Mark Weiss and kind of did you either watch them or did you approach them? You know, no. did any of them see you at all? Say, who's that kid, you know, taking photographs? Uh, there was a bunch of us, you know, to tell you the truth. There was a few of us. Um, my, one of my best friends whose name is Eddie Maluk, who also was a legendary rock photographer shot much longer than I did. And he's got amazing Guns N' Roses photos too. We all kind of were just teenagers, rock and roll fans. We didn't look at it as a commercial vehicle. We looked at it as a 
something to bring home from the concert, just like a T-shirt. Um, you know, um, and um, then it turned into something additional. Oh, I can get this published. Oh, I can become Mark Weiss. I can become, you know, I didn't know anyone beyond that. I, I saw maybe Mark's name or Neil Slozauer's name, Neil Preston, all those, you know, name photographers in magazines. I would, I would pick up Circus Magazine or Hit Parader or even Rolling Stone back in the um, 80s. Let's see a few days, but I really kind of it was it was literally by mistake that I became a rock wall photographer. Hmm. It was literally just like I said, my father buying. I, I didn't say to him, I want a camera to take to a concert. <laughs> I didn't say I want to be a photographer. I didn't come home from a concert saying, oh, I want to do this. You know, he just literally bought me a camera and I just said, oh, I see people with cameras at concerts. Why can't I take one to a concert? And literally. Figured it out from there. What are what just a concept of what really isn't it's long ago, but it's not that long ago in the grand scheme of things, and just where we are now with everybody with a camera in their hand. And yeah, you know, and I think and I I find myself guilty at times. I like to say I I do it now for the podcast where you look at through your camera at the band a little bit. Uh, so do I. I still do it, I'm still used to it. It's but, just, Back back in your day, I, oh my god! I just said it. Back in your day, uh, when you said it was like to take a piece of the concert home with you, almost like a baseball card. I just think like well, a collectible. Oh. Yeah, and and on top of it, it's not something we saw right away. So I had no idea the photo would would come out the way it did. Mm, yeah. uh, you know, Obviously. you had to take the film. It's not like I could take. You know, now photographers are so privileged. And what they could do with the technology, which is why I don't do it anymore. Because mm. literally, you could be a person with your phone and get exactly what I can get basically these days. That I, you know, and and it's a shame. It sucks, but that's you know, and it, there's so many photographers. There's billions of photographers, billions of people creating websites, becoming, you know, whatever like whatever it can be. I mean, you probably yeah. never imagined you could be a before a podcast, you you didn't know, you know, you didn't say, oh, I, I'm going to do, you know, I'm, I want to do that. You know, it's just a matter of. You're right to start comparing it because it is it is similar because everybody could, could be a radio host now. And oh, God, it's everything. People, Everyone has a website. Everyone could go on Instagram, become top. You know, I have so many followers, you know, Guns N' Roses fan, slash fan, slash authority, slash. And they're all nobody, you know, they're all just people that created, which is great, but they're not anything official, even though it might say something official. And it's just all people just trying to make their mark in the rock and roll world, which is so, you know, which is great that 35 years later, we're still talking about Guns N' Roses when they really only have five, four, how many albums do they have? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they had the, uh, the first EP before Appetite, then they had Lies. There's not many. There's not many. I mean, they don't uh, have a hundred songs. No, I mean that's why when people say use your illusion should have been one album. Um, no, yeah. two. We need the two. We don't have a lot, so don't. Right. I'm not taking anything away. Uh, but what you're alluding to, and what I'd like to think, I'm not in your, uh, and I think this is appropriate with your Zoom background. I'm not in your uh, atmosphere yet. You know, maybe in. I still got to earn my 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 keep, I think, in my career. But you and I have paid our dues. I like to think, 
you know, you're telling as part of your story, you know, I did overnights, uh, staying awake for days at a time, you know, moving, uh, you know, I, you know, the Cape Cod or New Yorker living in Cape Cod, you know, so all these different things. And, and now with this GNR podcast, it was, at, I guess, a, not quite the same accident, but it's not my job. It happened by accident. And I love getting to interview people like you. And people keep saying yes to me, you know, and my interviews get picked up by news, uh, news outlets. So, I mean, the difference, I think, between you, uh, for you and I, is that there's some sort of credibility there that we have, we fought hard. We paid our dues. We try to, you know, I, so, and so let's get to some of your, you know, I do what I can, you know, telling my truth to the microphone. You do it through a lens. So let's, uh, let's share screens right now. This reminds me, oh, did you freeze, by the way? I don't know if you're doing a rap pose. <laughs> he might have froze. <laughs> so if David froze, I'm going to pause it. So this happens sometimes when you do Zoom. That's okay. I thought he was, he was listening to me really intently. So I'm going to pause and see when David comes back. Because we're, we're going to share screens, and we're going to look at some of his photos you know, uh, together here on uh, our YouTube channel. Okay. That's okay. It it happens. It was just funny. I don't know. Maybe if you, when you go back and watch this on YouTube, David, now that David's back, I thought you were listening intently on me. You were in some sort of like rap pose. And then I'm uh, like, he's not moving. He either had a uh, stroke or it froze. So <laughs> it's okay. No, no. I mean, even, uh, the, I, I, even though the life I lived, I wouldn't be surprised by a stroke. Because <laughs> you know, um, I've lived, you know, I'm lucky I'm alive. You know, you could even ask people like Slash and Steven Adler that all knew me back then. I just ran into Jack Russell from Great White about two months ago, who's not in great shape himself. And he even said to me, he goes, I can't believe you're fucking alive. <laughs> you know, because I was a mess back in the eighties. You know, I kind of took the exploration route of, of, you know, drugs and debauchery and, all other kind of badness that went along with Hollywood in the 19, in the late 1980s. You know, it's funny now that you, you say that, and I, I do talk about, you know, the serious side of all of this at times, you know, mental health ad addiction. I think, I think I'm coming up on my sixth year uh, without alcohol. I always uh -huh. forget. It's like, I don't know why I always forget it five or six, but it, it, it's six. But maybe some of the, when we go back and we talk about, you know, they are a success story. Also, Guns N' Roses. That's why I talk about it now. Back in the day, they weren't. And I, yeah, I joke about, oh, maybe I wish I kind of lived in the eighties. I may not have survived the eighties. Just to think about the people that survived. You know, and looking at some of which we'll get to your your photos and looking at like what they were back then and that they're alive now. Yeah, so, it's amazing yeah. that none of them have died. Uh, especially, you know, Stephen. So we'll we'll get into let's yeah. let's do right now. So I'll share. This was a, a brilliant, this was a stroke of genius when um, to do these shared screen uh, situations. So oh, this is, by the way, follow David Plastic on Facebook, Photography by David Plastic. I wanted to make sure I got Yeah, uh, and there's also, actually, to tell you the truth, there's a different one that I most, even though I have that, I've, I have vintage music images. Okay. Uh, which is also a page on Facebook which is the, okay. more, the one I usually use every day. So I usually use my Instagram, which is David Plastic 22, which you could probably find. And then there's 
Vintage, yeah, vintage music images. That's the one that there gets my go. post every day. So that's actually the one to to follow. Or you could even friend me, and sometimes I'll accept. You know, I. But I'm I'm getting to the point of too many follow. You know, too many friends. I have forty seven hundred. <laughs> I'm getting to five thousand. I'm gonna have to start deleting or you know, or doing something to accept everybody. Oh, don't don't delete me just yet. So, as we're going, let's go to your website, and we looked yeah. up Guns N' Roses. And so, where would we help me guide me through here? We want to look at those first photographs you took. Okay, let's keep scrolling. Hold on. Right, keep scrolling here. Let's see. I gotta, I gotta find them myself. I'll spot them. All right. Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Hmm. Keep going. Keep going. And by the way, if you're looking at Zoom, you're looking at like, oh my God, I know all these photos. And yep, right. they're all plastic. <laughs> yeah. And they've all been pretty populated on the internet. Uh, okay, talk about because you may have seen uh, them, but without they, unless you bought them from David, they should have the watermark on them. Uh, yes, but unfortunately, um, you know, someone got to my site back in 2000, 2006 when I first started my website, a website, which was doesn't exist anymore, but it was a different one. It was called 80s Rock Photos. And someone got into the back end of our site and decided to download every single photo that was in there. We didn't have great security. We didn't have, uh, so we managed to, um, um, uh, so, so that's where they all populated, I guess, the black web or dark web or whatever you want to call it, that the Guns N' Roses people have access to. Um, I still haven't seen any of the first photos yet. There's a couple of pages of Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses being right there, right there, in two eighty seven. Two eighty seven. Right so, there. Okay. That is from that. If you want to click onto that, okay. That's so the, you even see because Slash is using a BC Rich. He didn't have the Gibson guitar. That was the that was the Santa Monica Civic show. I didn't know who was the focus point of the band. Like I said, I had no education on the band. I had no education on that music. I had no education. Just, just, okay, might as well take a few pictures just in case. Wow. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at him right now. It's funny. I'm looking at Axel. He's wearing his keys around his freaking neck. <laughs> he is. I, mean, he's I don't understand what that is. I don't think that's a decoration. That might really be. He probably had no dressing room or, <laughs> you know, or didn't want to lose touch of them. It's funny because they those are hanging around his neck just below his uh his uh, nipple ring, but I'm yeah. wondering because we had Mark Cantor on recently again, and he told the story that he he's never told before. He's somebody with a million stories where he him and Axel decide to go shooting TVs just for fun, and Axel they lost their keys to the car, and you know Mark Cantor's wife thinks that they're they're dead because they're not there's no cell phones back then. It turned out Axel left his keys in his boot the entire time. Like it just didn't realize. So I'm wondering if those are the same keys. I don't know. Mm. That, that could be. And yeah, Mark Cantor is another person that I really don't know. And it's funny because wow. like, like he exited when I when I came in. Interesting. Um, this I saw his podcast. He has that first fifty show, first fifty gigs, and I think this this show actually is one of the first fifty gigs. Um, I've been wanting to contact him. We have a lot of similar friends and I am friends with him on Facebook, but we've never kind of, we've never, we've never kind of 
um, got into it. Maybe uh, uh, in the future, we'll do a, an episode, me, you, and Mark. We'll do a... Yeah, sure, sure. Know, so definitely possible. You know, we have... Involve um, myself. <laughs> no, you should we be, have yeah. a few common friends. You know, a very good friend of mine is is Michelle Young, Miss My Michelle, yeah, who would be the, you know one of the liaisons of, of, of our, you know, of our, cause she knows both of us. She was there in the beginning. She's probably the oldest per, I mean, the, the longest uh, fan that, that uh, of Guns N' Roses that I would know. Um, I don't know a lot of the early people. I've spoken uh, to her briefly on, on Facebook as well. She's very nice. You know, obviously, uh, you know, a, a bit timid to tell her story, which I respect and appreciate, but uh, she's she been a very lovely guy. person, you know. I dated her sister, and she was a very, and she was been, you know, Michelle was a good friend of mine, and you know, who knows, yeah, you know, and uh, you know, and and she lived, you know, and she still enjoy, you know, she's still friends with the the band. She goes those goes backstage, and you know, and what when when there is a backstage, I don't think there's a backstage anymore. Right. Um, right. You tell that story <laughs> whenever you hear my Michelle. Do you like I dated my Michelle's sister? <laughs> I've, I've, said that. I've said that i've said that you know i would say that too <laughs> yeah, I, I say i know my michelle i mean i know you know That's and it's who she's about you know and i know everything about her i knew her, i knew her father that was in porno you know he he worked in the, he worked in the porno industry and so on That's all oh. all that is true and the mother passed away unfortunately and you know and it's, wow. uh, all of it's true all those those lyrics are you know <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that that's what makes them so iconic and why we're talking about the years later. Yeah, I love Poison and some of these other bands, but I mean, just to hear that the, a real story about real people and just with the music accompanying it. And uh, now the, uh, the photographs again, if you, you know, if you listen to this uh, typical, you know, podcast fashion, give yourself, a, you know, get, reserve some time to watch this on, on subscribing on YouTube and check out. I mean, Getting back to this photo, yeah, it's it's an early Guns N' Roses. They weren't signed. You can see Slash doesn't have his his uh, big head of hair. Um, You know, it's something, but it definitely wasn't, you know, and you can look at his outfit. He's wearing a freaking vest, you know, and so on. Uh, You know, like I said, this is this is not the Slash that we all know now with the signature Gibson guitar and Les Paul. You know, even though now he's he's dug up this guitar, I think, or he uses something like it live, but he didn't do it for years. I mean, you know, all the other times I only have him with the Gibson. And correct uh, me, the eyeshadow here on Axel? Is that what I'm looking at here? Oh, uh, you'd have to find a different photo, maybe. You have right. to find a more there's right. more for like I said, there's still like right. half a dozen more photos from this from that one day. Um, they're not in order. You know, my photos are just kind of okay. thrown up on there. As we a few will pages. get to this, by the way. We will get to the yeah, that's, that's, that's the story of all stories. Yes. All right. This um, is crazy. Look at these. I mean, just amazing. yeah. I mean, that's and that's Dizzy Reed before he was in Guns N' Roses. Wow, look at that. You know, that's that's the that's that's a show of the drunk fucks as they 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 were billed as, which was Duff, Dizzy, Wes Arkeen. Mm. Uh, Axel and I forget the other guys that were in it and it was at a little club called the Coconut Teaser I don't think there was any other photographers there I think I was the only one with these photos wow. I could be wrong or I haven't seen the others but I've never I've yet to see anything other than that mine 
as opposed to, you know, you take the Perkins Palace photos, which you could see right below this. You could see um, number 293. That's when you see Stephen in a cast. Mm. And if you and if you go a few frames down to seeing Izzy and Fred Curry together, because Fred Curry was the number 296 there, um, was the fill-in drummer. Uh, when, yes, Fred has been before, on the show. Before fill-in drummers were popular, you know, <laughs> these, these days the world has, <clears throat> the show must go on. Yeah. No matter who you stick in there. Um, but back then, you know, if, if, if you were missing Steven Adler, you know, or if you're missing, the show wouldn't go on. But they did get, you know, Fred in there for a couple shows. And then and Stephen was still there, you know, with his broken arm and, you know, and, you know, which you could see in the other photos. Yes, and that's, yeah. that's Perkins Palace, the historical Perkins Palace, which was, um, I think it was the New Year's, it was New, end of December shows in 1987, which is right after they got signed and they were ver- first hitting it big. They did three nights, you know, there. L.A. Guns opened up, or at least L.A. Guns opened up one night. I think Junkyard opened up another night or something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> um, before, I, before I forget to ask, how familiar, because we were talking about the drunk fucks, how familiar were you with uh, West Arkeen? Did you know him well? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Please tell us about West. I threw him out of my apartment. Okay. <laughs> West Arkeen was... A character. He was a good little kid, but he was he was obnoxious. He was obnoxious, and he was, um, you know, an indulger like all of us. You know, we're all were. I wouldn't call us all junkies, but I, I, I you know, my 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 drug was cocaine, and I was, like I said, lucky to be alive today. I became, indul. I became a major user of cocaine probably in 1980 in late in mid mid 1986 after that that's funny they actually this guns and roses gig is actually the liaison to my um um ongoing i mean to how i got really introduced to doing cocaine i was backstage at that Ted Nugent gig, like I said, it was Ted Nugent, Black and Blue, and Guns N' Roses. Okay. And backstage in the green room, um, there was a comedian called Carla Bove. Carla Bove is known as Sam Kinison's best friend. I know. I, I knew him. He just passed. Okay. Yes. Carla Bove just passed, and he was a very good friend of mine up until he died. Yeah. And I had seen, I was a big fan of Sam Kinison. I had seen Sam Kinison the day before at the comedy store for the first time live because I lived in West Hollywood where the comedy store was and backstage I see Carl and Carl opened up and I said to him, I said, aren't you so-and-so? And he was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and he said, and he told me he's with Sam and I met and he introduced me to Sam back there. And from that day, you know, me that night, me, Sam Kittison, Ted Nugent, Carla Bove, and a few other people all went and had Thai food at two o'clock in the morning after going to the comedy store to watch Sam perform after the Guns N' Roses gig. And 
it was, and you know, I, I don't want to credit Sam Kinison with teaching me how to indulge in the cocaine, but he <laughs> did. You know, he taught me how to do more than, you know, a little bit of cocaine and survive. Um, yes, I was Sam's photographer, and I have some of the greatest Sam Kinison photos. Um, I know they're yeah. all on your website, but I didn't want to lose my guns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sam Kinison, you know, was a good friend of mine. Still the funniest comedian I've ever experienced, you know, alongside of George Carlin and Richard Pryor and Rodney and so on. Oh, but man. the legends, just legends. Sam, Sam was Sam was a but and Sam was just beginning. Sam was known. You know, I got I told him um, I would. Take a, uh, I told him, you know, let me take a picture of you and Ted together and I'll get it in Billboard magazine, who I was working for. Actually, you see, you're seeing a picture right um, there with, um, right there where you are on the top right, there's Sam, that's CeCe DeVille, Steve Lukather. Slash is in there somewhere. Okay. Slash is not in that photo, but there's Dweezil Zappa. Okay. There's Carla okay. Bove to the right. Um, but oh, Slash yeah. is there. Oh, Slash yeah. is there also, but he's there somewhere. Um, that's that's at Sam's new. I think it was a. I forget what. I think it was New Year's, but I could be wrong. In '88, where everyone joined him because Sam was the rock and roll comedian. Yeah, you know, yeah. he loved rock and roll, which is what, which is his connection to me was. You know, he was like, oh, you know, I brought everyone down to see. Sam, I'm like, you got to see this, this comedian, you know, I would bring people like Steven slash uh, Fred Curtis, you know, you know, poison, all those guys that were friends of mine, I brought them all to see Sam, and, you know, and hang out and take pictures, you know, and so on. Um, and then later on, we'd all go back to a house in back of in the Hollywood Hills in back of the comedy store, which was known as the comedy store party house. And we all just would party all night until we couldn't party anymore. <laughs> and literally that included endless cocaine, alcohol, and whatever else. And I literally, yeah, you see that Ted Nugent, that one right below on the right. People, oh yeah, well, keep going to the right. Okay. Keep going. What, oh, the, yeah. You had you had a you had a Ted you had a picture with Ted Nugent and 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 uh, Sam and that was that night that same night that oh, same yeah. Guns yeah. N' Roses night so the day I attacked you could see it on the bottom right, um, not the very bottom right. Keep going. You're on the side. Yeah, you're getting a. Is is do you not have a? I might not have your. I, mean, I don't know if we're looking at this. I I thought we we're looking at the same thing. I thought we are, but maybe not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyways, um, we're doing well. You know that that that. So that night was a very, you know, instrumental night in my rock and roll photography, and you know, meeting the right people. If I didn't meet Guns and Roses that night, oh, I actually I didn't meet them that night. But if I didn't take pictures of them that night, I might not have taken pictures of them later on. There's Slash, Slash, and Sam Kinison right there. Yeah, there we go. Look at that. Um, and so on. That's what we talk about. The fact that Slash is alive, that Steven is alive. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, and I didn't expect that from your story, to be honest with you. So I'm glad that you're alive, David. Plant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was the worst. You I don't ask know if any I would have survived. If you, know. you ask any of, if you even, if you ever come across Slash, 
Slash used to make fun of me, even though, you know, I didn't do, I didn't divulge in heroin, which he did, you know, and so to me, he was much more extreme than I was. But I was extreme in the way I just divulged in cocaine. I just couldn't stop, you know, when Sam introduced me how to do it. I wanted to be amongst them. So I felt my way of being amongst Sam Kinison every night or rock and roll, I had to be, you know, into cocaine or into partying or whatever. And so I just went extreme and luckily came out alive 35 years later. You know, I've been off. I stopped doing my last time I ever did cocaine was 1989. So that's 32 years ago, even though I I can't say I'm sober, but I don't really <laughs> get I don't get drunk. And I was so I was completely sober for 10 years because I I went to jail for it. I went to, you know, I said I barely survived. You know, and I was, you know, I wasn't expected to survive. You know, I wasn't expected to be talking to you now like I am. Wow. You're a success story then. You really are. <laughs> and it's, you know, and I, I now again, I'm thinking about it. If I live during this time that I, I do a podcast about, I don't know if I would have survived. So that's, that's a lesson to, to think, you know, to, to be all around that. Not everyone thinks about that. They think about the rock stars. They don't think about all the ancillary, for lack of a better, oh, better word, people around them that are just part of the scene, you know, and then wanting to keep up with these rock stars. Uh, yeah, obviously very, very dangerous. And good thing. Yeah, and I felt I had to escape, you know, and, and I was lucky I escaped that to, you know, eventually live. You know, who knows if I didn't if I didn't get, you know, in, in that one day in 1989 where, the cops pulled me off the street and arrested me. Uh, I forget why the reason was, you know, uh, they had a search warrant and everything for my apartment saying I was some big time drug dealer when I was just a drug addict. You know, I was just a rock. I was a 23 year old kid, still a kid, basically, that did, you know, that basically hosted a lot of cocaine parties at my house. <laughs> you know, I was a good connection for cocaine. If you wanted cocaine in the 80, in, around 1987, if you found me, you found cocaine. <laughs> it was just literally that. And, that's, that's how, and that was Slashes and Stevens and Duff's and Izzy's all liaison too. I mean, Axel was the one guy that I never did drugs with. I don't know why, and I don't even know if Axel was a big partier, but Axel was separate from all of us. You know, Stephen and Slash hung out together, and Duff would be there every now and then. Izzy was kind of on his own, and Slash and Axel was totally on his own. I would hear that. So I, you know, I, I, I mean, I met, I, I mean, I. I've met, I've met Axel. I know Axel. Axel. Actually, I have a ton of my photos with Axel's um, marker writing, handwriting on my on my slides, saying yes, no, that's good, that's not good. You can't use that. Don't publish this. Don't publish that on all my you know on a lot of my photos, which hopefully will increase their value one day if I you know if I live to see that you know day when I. 
Oh, totally. If I ever sell my original uh, transparencies or something, you know, or if I ever put them up for market. I mean, you certainly have enough as I continue to scroll through all the photos here. Again, if you're watching on Zoom, but there's two, there's a couple of photos in particular I want to make sure we, we talk about because. Sure. I pull, pull it. Out, I'll tell you a story between you and I because I probably have the most stories. Well, we're speaking of, we're talking about Coke right now. So let's okay. bring up this photo of Steven Adler next to a Coca-Cola machine. And if you look at his eyes, he's on, he was on a ton of it at the time. <laughs> he, I mean, look, I mean, I'm so happy that he is, he is, I mean, he should be dead. You talk about you should be yes. dead. I mean, uh, you know, I only read his book so I can, you probably obviously know better than I do, but he's, you just hear nothing, but he's such a sweet guy. And I look at this face right now, this young Steven Adler from uh, what this has to be 1987, 1988. 1987, right? that's I believe. I believe that was the MTV Awards, and we were by a you know we ran, I ran into him and he was standing by the Coke thing, and I kind of just took a picture of that. You know, none of my photos were ever set up. None of my Guns N' Roses pick. Well, none of my Guns N' Roses photos were ever set up. Every single photo you'll see of Guns N' Roses was literally something that was just happening, and I was the only one there to take that picture. That's the um, best. You know, I didn't have the connection of um, of uh, permission. I mean, like, you know, all these were done, you know, like the pictures you'll see of Slash later on, the candid photos. Management didn't wear those. No. You know, and probably wouldn't have permitted it, but you know, it's it, it, you know, it was it was Slash's way or Steven's way. Yeah, you know, hey, if you we'll let you come over and take pictures if you bring cocaine with you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that said, whether or not you actually gave Steven uh Coke another Coke uh before or after this photo, I mean in his face, he's such a so wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, rather. Uh, it's just like those, like you said, those uh, those photos that are, aren't are set up. Like, I just don't think you would get that kind of organic smile from him. Yeah. No, know, so. no. You know, these uh, all these ones, if you see the, the slash sitting down on the bed there, it just went, oh, that's, that's, I think, I thought that was the same night, but that could be, that's the MTV Awards right there. The one you're showing right now, Steven. Steven, um, beautiful smile. Look at that. So I guess the other one was a different day because the other one, he doesn't have a shirt. He wasn't, you know, you could see his tattoos. That one of Slash. Just lying down in bed like he just woke up. Just wearing- That's at a hotel. Okay. That's at a hotel yeah. in Hollywood after the whiskey show in 1987. I don't know the exact date. I could probably find out. But um, they played the whiskey, a go-go. And we all went to the, me, Slash, and Steven went to the hotel room afterwards, their hotel room, and continued the party. And I had my camera equipment with me. And, you know, and basically, you know, it was just, you know, go ahead, take some pictures, whatever. You know, I don't give a shit, you know. And you know, and photo, this is an iconic photo. People have yeah. seen it. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. They're, they're, yeah, they've seen mostly different versions of that one. Yes, you know. And, you know, you see Slash above that right there and number 41. Or that, yeah, that's a different day. Number oh, 41 you're looking at right there. That's Slash's couch. That's Steven and Slash just playing around, rehearsing 
I mean, rehearsing, whatever they're doing, you know, <laughs> you know, working on a tune, maybe they're working on a tune. I don't remember what they were doing, but this was in their apartment and, you know, and there's probably cocaine on a mirror, probably feet from that. Um, I'm not proud of that, but it's not, it's not nothing I'm not going to talk about because it definitely happened. And I'm sure even though I didn't read Slash's or Steven's books, I know that they, they, they didn't not include any of that. No, you know. they're open about it, and they, yeah. they have to be. I mean, Slash almost died. I mean, he has to be sober. Same thing with Steven, and I think yeah. them now, like, it's not like they say, oh, yeah, we were so cool back then. I think you lived through it, thankfully, and it happened. It's just it's not something that you would do again, I guess. <laughs> I don't no. know. <laughs> That's why we don't do it anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean, it still exists. I mean, co- I, I mean, you know, cocaine's still around. It's, it's st- I mean, I haven't seen it in 30 something years, you know, I can't say that I actually was around somebody that was doing it as really as a month ago, but I just like sit there and shook my head. I'm like, I God, really, you know, (laughs) that's, that's an eighties drug, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, a lot of movies. Tell me that. Um, Yeah. This this photo this was one of the versions of this uh, yes. flash. There's there. a much there's a much more iconic one and okay. better one. Um, actually, if you go if you scroll to the top scroll to the top right there, search gallery. See that? Yep. Type in bunny. Type in bunny. B u n n y, and okay, right there. That is the that's the that's the money shot. So okay. We added if people again are still listening on the podcast version, it's the uh, slash photo where he's wearing the bunny ears and the bunny nose and teeth, and he has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. It gets shared by every. And it's not a TikTok filter, which people actually thought. I thought that you know that is they think I actually you know I added bunny ears you know two years ago. I'm like no, that's that's what I saw. You know I I get I get I'll start. Okay, since we're on that photo, let's start how that photo became. Okay. That's Halloween. Halloween Eve, I guess. No, yeah. Halloween night. Slash was hanging out with um, a couple of friends and a couple of girls and ended up at his apartment. One of the girls was dressed as a Playboy bunny, which is where the bunny ears and the bunny nose came from. Wasn't Slash's costume. Apparently, they ran out of cocaine. And when you ran out of cocaine, you called David Plastic. <laughs> not some, but that's exactly, exactly. I mean, that's what happened, you know. And at, at two, and o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, luckily, I was home. because there weren't mobile phones. You know, I had to answer my little, my little home phone, you know, and be there, be awake. Would it be past that? You know, and Slash was on the other line calling me, goes, you know, and he was mumbling. And his mumble said, Dave, I'm wearing bunny ears and a bunny nose. And we're out of cocaine. If you come over, bring cocaine, you could bring your cat. It was something like that. You could bring your camera and so on. And within seconds, I was dressed, grabbing my equipment and driving over to Slash's apartment, which was probably two miles from where I lived. I lived in Hollywood Till. Um, and, 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 and when I, 
And when the one of the girls opened the door, the first thing I saw was Slash. And that the picture you're seeing, that was one of the first photos I took that night. Um, he was actually in that position, just sitting on a chair, playing guitar, smoking a cigarette with the bunny ears, bunny nose. I didn't put any of that shit on. And I saw that and I dropped and I, I literally grabbed my camera and knew that if I didn't take the picture then, it wouldn't exist a second later because once I took the cocaine out, <laughs> the nose wouldn't exist because he'd have, you know, he would need his nose, his real nose, to snort the cocaine. So, you know, that's why you'll see pictures later on with him just the bunny ears, which he showed, and no nose, because that's when, you know. But so, so look, that was one of the first photos I took. That was, like I said, the money shot. That's the one that ended up on the back cover of Rip Magazine back in 1988 and has seen every Easter. Right, every Easter. Yeah, every Easter, people throw that in there uh, or something, you know, and try to make a meme out of it or a cartoon out of it or so-and-so. But, yeah, that's the original photo, and it was taken, like, just say, by surprise, no setup, no nothing, totally candid. And I would say I was very lucky, you know, look at the cigarette, look at the ash hanging. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all, it's so, there, there's so much to that photo that, like I said, you, you couldn't have set up. You wouldn't even thought of it. You're absolutely right. I mean, the ash is seconds away from falling off. And when I would I never said, I would never said, put the bunny ears on and let's take a photo. I would have never done that. The you know? that <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, it's funny. Somehow, somehow he was wearing those bunny ears. Somehow the, one of the girls convinced him, you know, put on those, you know, Let's put on your bunny ears. Let's see what you look like wearing our costume. You know, as wearing a "Life Sucks Then You Die" T-shirt. And uh, yeah, exactly. And when I say uh, people have seen these photos before, you've never seen them like this. If you yeah. go to David, David's website, they are so crisp and clear, and it really is quite amazing that these photos are decades old at this point of just how 1988. Uh, that picture, where you can see the blisters on his finger, and this, you know, and so on, and. Hey, right, you know, right. and just the, the dirty fingers or just, you know, or just, you know, things that, you know, like I said, the the realness of a photo, which you wouldn't have seen. You know, if, if someone would have taken that photo and posed that photo, they definitely would have put makeup on Slash's fingers or something or, you know, or something to, you know, include not include the rawness of the photo. You want the blisters. That's what rock and roll exactly. is. You want the blisters. Exactly. exactly. Literally, you know, figuratively and literally. So that's uh, unbelievable. Is there, do you have a favorite Guns N' Roses photo? Because again, I, I can't. Well, that's, that's one of them. And, and like oh, I said, well, if you, if, and, and, and the ones in the hotel room, like, okay, number 44. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just pass down on the bench. And you can see Jack Daniels. You can see, and but you don't see the, you know, um, you know, Slash kind of passed out. And St me and Steven were just kind of, uh, kind of, you know, being, uh, you know, we're just hanging out and just partying and, you know, and so on. And then Slash woke up again, you know, and then there's more. That's from the drunk. That's actually, no, that's from. Where is this? Yeah. Central. Go ahead. That's the central 
um, club, which later turned into the Viper Room, which is famous for what's his name? Um, River Phoenix. River Phoenix dying. And now Johnny Depp owns the whatever, or I don't know who owns it now. The Viper Room it still does exist, but that's that was at the um, Axel came on and jammed. There's a picture of him and Ricky Rackman together, and that's what it was. It was something to do with the. T- I forget what the exact occasion was. That's that photo. Well, we we got to uh, show that Axel in any of the junkyard T-shirts. That's I mean, right, that's, that's Perkins Palace. What what is this? What am I looking at? That's not Axel Rose here. That's Axel Rose. Sure is Axel Rose. Oh <laughs> Doesn't look like him. The way his face. I've never seen this photo before. Yeah, that's definitely Axel Rose. It's definitely does. No, no, there was no. It's not like now where you would dress up as Axel Rose. No one dressed up as Axel Rose when Guns N' Roses were in their prime. You know, it's not like you know maybe someone wore a slash wig, but you didn't see people there. No, that's definitely Axel. All those pictures are Axel. Axel and his millions different looks. This one honestly looks like a wax figure. So look, I mean, look at the, look, look at the tattoos. You can see the tattoos. You can see everything. You know, oh, of course. I mean, you just took it at the most precise moment because the definition of that, that was in concert. That was that was that. Like I said, Perkins Palace. That's just a frame out of my camera. Oh wow! You know, um, it just. Wait, oh, who is this? This is Stephen in bed with some lady that you're. Oh, that's. I, I could tell you her name, and she's actually very famous. But <laughs> that's Athena Lee, Tommy Lee's younger sister. Oh. They were dating. Stephen and and Athena were dating at the time. Athena was also in a few bands. She's a great drummer, not and like they, her brother, they, but. They just passed out next to them. They're all in the bed together. Yeah, well, that's that's that out. That's the eighties. And they have the same hair too, which is great. Both teased up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, uh, you know, um, as I'm scrolling, I want to see if any, because we could go through every photo. So I'd like to say, David, will we have you back on a part two at least? Because there's just so many. Like I said, you you can go as long as you want today, but if you want to do part two, you're welcome to it. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I don't mind. I like telling my stories. I like, you know, promoting my site. That's right there. Dale James. It's a great photo I always seen. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so you know, you know, Dell, I'm sure Dell is Guns N' Roses uh tour manager. At that time, he was just good friends with Axel. That was again the drunks fuck gig. You can see West Arkeane is right there in the photo, also. That's yeah, West. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On guitar. And that's so, you know, um, and at the time I think Dell was just a contributing writer to Rip magazine at the time. Um, until we became, you know, eventually became their tour manager and has been so for the last God knows how many years, you know. He's a pretty, res- I'm glad I've never got a, a chance to interview Dell, but I know he would get along. He's very responsive. Or see, him, or see him with hair. I was going to say this too. I mean, the little <laughs> long locks, I mean, David, myself, I mean, we, we miss those days. I mean, hey, I had, you should see my hair. My hair was similar to slashes. I had a, you can see a little. You can see some pictures on my web, on my Facebook, of me. I, you usually didn't see me because I was going with the camera, so yeah. no one else took pictures of me. So I'm always the one that was there behind the camera. But I had, I had, you know, lots. I had hair very similar to Slash and Fred Curry. I had the you know bro, wild bro. curly afro kind of hair, nice. you know, and- which. 
I no longer have. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both, bud. Our bald is beautiful, but still. We, we, yes. We miss, we miss it at, at times. When we're headbanging, hey, we miss it. Saves me a lot of money on shampoo and hair products. Very true. Uh, <laughs> so now, due to this conversation, I know the picture we're looking at now with, with excuse me, with Slash. With Ain't no nose. See, the nose is gone. <laughs> Post-cocaine bunny. Okay. Yes. <laughs> And again, that life sucks. Uh, then you died. Uh, cut off shirt he's wearing is just slash. Always had a, a, an affinity towards those uh, those specialty t shirts. You know, yeah, it's, I guess whatever whatever he he could acquire back then, you know, and someone would give him. He he probably wore anything, you know. It was, it was always a black t shirt. Sure, you know, yeah. yeah. All of us, uh, all of us rock and rollers. Exactly. Uh, how is when you're for taking photographs of Izzy? Because I know you said he's. You know, he was elusive. Did you ever have any uh, encounters with him, I guess? Oh, yes, I can tell you a story about Izzy. Okay. Izzy, I can't remember why, but we ended up in my apartment. We probably, I think we were at either the Rainbow one night or something, and uh, Rainbow Bar and Grill, which is the most infamous nightclub, restaurant, hangout in Hollywood, um, where everyone was, you know, everyone go. And and Izzy, who lived literally walking distance from where I lived, he lived. We both lived on Hollywood Boulevard, in the uh, within blocks of each other in a in an apartment. And somehow Izzy wound up in my house. I guess we were, we we went and did we went and have to go get do some cocaine and party and. I eventually passed out. He left on his own. The funny part of the story was the next day he comes over unannounced and knocks on my door. He's he has his bicycle with him, like a Schwinn bicycle. Okay. And he rode over to my house because that was his method of transportation. <laughs> and he came over to um grab he i guess he you know he's an uh somewhat of an artist and he was doodling <laughs> on paper just some art and doodles and like this weird art and he wanted to he wanted to get him he wanted to get his doodles okay. so he can knock him in, oh could i grab what i left here i thought okay and then like that was the the one night i had with izzy but i think it's pretty funny because like i said he just you know Izzy Stradling comes knocking on your door, riding his bicycle, and he's only like in the biggest band at that time, <laughs> you know. But they didn't have any money, you know. Money was kept from them, which probably kept them alive. That's, that's um, you know, um, as opposed to, you know, you give uh, someone money, they'll 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 go and get whatever they can get, you know. Um, and, you know, unfortunately might end up in the wrong place, the wrong time and, you know, dead like West Arkeen or, yeah. or whoever else, you know, or, um, or um, Todd from Faster Pussycat that was Slash's best friend that died of, died of cocaine or actually heroin probably. That picture right there, that's, that's Slash and a snake in his apartment. Actually, I just received that photo back. That photo was missing 
until a month ago. Wow. From since 1987. How do you um, how do go missing and you get it back if you could? Well, back in the day, all we had were slides. Okay. Okay. Actually, let me give me one second. Sure. Okay. This is live, not so live podcast. But isn't this as as we kind of play uh you know intermission music while David's getting something? Isn't this all more photographers and do this shared screen stuff? Our photos consisted of slides. This was this is an original slide. This is actually Vince Neal, Molly Crew, nineteen eighty four. You probably can't see much of it, but I but, see. Yeah. But that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, and that's what we had. We didn't have digital images. We didn't have any kind of else other than that slide. So that slide, if if Hit Parader wanted one of my Guns N' Roses photos, I would have to send them that original slide. Mm. I didn't have two of them. I had one of them. And if they never returned it, uh, yes, I lose out on it. And believe me, there was there's many of those. There's many things that weren't returned that were stolen by interns or whoever else. They wind up on eBay. This one actually was from my Swedish photographer friend, Michael Johansson, who is a top Swedish photographer. He photographed, he's got, if you ever see his Guns N' Roses photos, he had incredible access. He has sessions that are amazing. I didn't have the Guns N' Roses session. I didn't have it. Like I said, I didn't get, I wasn't one of the lucky photographers. I was the one that kind of made my own kind of mark in there. He was, you know, since he worked for a Swedish magazine, he, he can get, he can get um, permission from Geffen records or their publicist or Alan Niven or whoever else you needed to get permission to do. And he had, since he worked for OKJ magazine, which is OKEJ, which at the time was Sweden's biggest, it was like People Magazine of Sweden. Okay. And he worked for them and he took a bunch of my photos to kind of get published. And that became misplaced and he literally found it a month ago and rang me up and said, I found another one of your photos. Love it. And, and I'll send it to you. And I don't have many with Slash and his snake and his skips and that's Slash's apartment. And that's his, his Look at that couch. That that couch, couch but the, the couch, I could tell you the funny thing about that couch that came with the apartment. His apartment, which was just like mine, I had a similar apartment, was a furnished apartment. And that's what you got. You got those 70, those 70s yeah. or 80s looking couches. Right. -looking right. Couches, and you had the, those, um, and so on. And, you know, so that was his couch. And that's what came, I had. I want to say I probably had the same looking couch in my apartment. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty generic. But, uh, but like I said, so that's how, you know, so Lily, if, if that photo was never returned to me, I, I, you know, or, so you know, I found stuff on eBay. So, you know, if we wanted to get published, we had to send our originals out there and trust people with them. Um, you know, and that's at the hotel room. 
Look at these. Um, with, 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 I mean, again, go on, go on his website of Stephen and Slash in the you know, their hotel room. It's just again the the quality of the photos is just. It's like you took them yesterday. Yeah, and and like I said, that was with a not the greatest camera, not you know a roll of film, not unlimited. So back then, you know, you go, you meet somebody, you meet a photographer that goes to a concert now. You can see Slash on the phone there, whatever. They take. 3,000 photos a night. Mm-hmm. Okay, I photographed Guns N' Roses um, probably seven or eight times. And I think I only have like 500 different photos, 600 different photos, or whatever, how many are on this thing, this gallery. That's actually reversed. That's someone, I got to change that. That's uh, that's flipped, actually. Because oh, yeah. Duff is, is right-handed. <laughs> I you know, it's just the, the I've seen many Guns N' Roses photos like that. Um, Iconic photos. That's the Ritz right there. If you go back to that photo right there, you just said that's the Ritz, the, the famous photo, the famous concert at the Ritz in New York City, wh- which was, I think, broadcast live. You know, you everyone's everyone knows that Ritz gig. Uh huh. So and what was your experience? So you were just somebody in in the audience. You weren't hired. Well, no, I was. I already knew. You know, I already knew them. But I went to visit my family. You know, I like my parents were still living in New York, so I would go back to New York every now and then. And I just happened to be there when Guns N' Roses were there. And I can't remember if I even needed a photo pass. I don't think I did because I shot the whole show from a from the balcony. If you could see, I'm from a downward angle. I'm actually from the balcony yeah. because the audience was crazy on the floor where I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to hold my camera steady. Huh. So I, so I picked a spot in the balcony of the Ritz, which I guess l- later turned into, oh, what's what? What did the Ritz become? Um, um, this is a New Yorker, not not Roseland or. No, um, oh God, I forget, um, Webster Hall. Oh, Webster Hall, okay. Yeah, Webster Hall, the Ritz later became Webster, the original Ritz location later became Webster Hall. But anyways, they had a balcony, which was great for taking photos, and that's me with my zoom lens taking photos from upstairs. I was kidding, that's why I asked if you were... Because it's obviously you're not in the pit here because there is the no, there, there actually there was no pit or just on on the floor, yeah. Know. But there and the floor was too rowdy to exist, <laughs> to exist. But if you go all the way to the top, you got some recent ones that you're kind of that, that's just me with my phone. That's uh, really that's me, you know. Okay, the one thing good, me and Slash are still good acquaintances, I you know. Um, I do have his information and he hooks me up whenever i email him for a local show which is great he's hooked me up every single time and i love him for it he's still you know he's still one of the coolest greatest rock stars you ever can meet and he's one of the few that actually remembers and takes care of me <laughs> uh, he remembers all that free cocaine. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I want to say it, but I'm like, all right, you said it. He's like, yeah, uh, you know what? I I gotta think that's all part of it, but you know what? Like I said, I I am not a you know, yeah. and so that's just me and my phone. You know, this phone I have right in here, my phone. 
right here, my ga Samsung Galaxy phone, taking a few photos from right. the seats he would give me. Um, so I put them on there, but everything else like there, if you see the acoustic ones, I think he passed it. Hold on, scroll, scroll slow. Okay. Um, right there, 124. Where's 124? Okay. Oh, all right. That's, that's the limelight. That was, they played the limelight. I want to say they played like CBGBs that week. That was the same night, that was the same week as the Ritz. And that's their little appearance, you know, acoustic. And, so, you know. As somebody who's seen them in so many different incarnations, before you even knew who they were, who was this guy with the denim jacket with Guns N' Roses on it? And then yeah. to see them recently, you know, what are your thoughts about seeing Guns N' Roses then and then now? I mean... I love it that they're back. I love it to where Axel and Slash are talking and they're friends because there was a long time when they weren't. Right. Um, disappointed that, of course, that Izzy and Steven aren't involved, which many people are. I don't understand why, but that's none of my business. Um, and the fact that, you know, they could... You know, I just saw them two months ago in front of 60,000 people at at the, um, what do you call it, at the um, Allegiant Stadium, which is where the Raiders play in Las Vegas. It was first concert there, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, no, well, it was the first rock concert there. Garth okay. Brooks played there like a month before that. Okay. If we want to count that. Um, so um, that's, you know, um, that's that. Um, but you, did it take away from your enjoyment at all? I mean, I, I get yeah, it. It's a lot different. I mean, you know, I never saw them in a big stadium. Actually, I did see them in a big stadium. I did see them open for, for the Rolling Stones. I want to say 89, 91, around there. Sometimes I wasn't with my, I didn't have my camera. So I think it had to be 90. Or 91, um, but they opened for the Stones at the Rose Bowl in California, which is bigger than Allegiant Stadium, but they weren't the headliner. Um, right. You know, I never got to see Guns N' Roses headline a big arena when I was photographing them. You know, they, either they played places like Santa Monica Civic, the Whiskey, Perkins Palace, which are all 2,000 seaters, the Whiskey being a 400 seater uh, or maybe maybe a little bit more um the ritz being maybe 2000 seats um i want to say i photographed them opening up for the cult um in 87 somewhere like the los angeles forum but i can't remember <laughs> thank you for remembering as much as you do I try, you know, to tell you the truth, if it wasn't for my photos, <laughs> I wouldn't remember shit. You know, it's like, you know, they say, if you remember the 80s, then you didn't live it. Yeah. Isn't that like a famous uh, David Lee Roth? Yeah, that's uh, well, it, it goes with the 70s, the 60s also. Sure. But um, so I encourage people. So maybe I'll give the, you a little heads up. So when we bring you back on, on part two to go to David's website, and look at the photos. And if there's a, a picture, you're like, what is the story behind that? 
you know, because otherwise we're sitting here looking through how many photos you said you had of GNR. I mean, it's a uh, uh, six, seven hundred, six, yeah, seven hundred. So we, we can't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can't do that in one episode. But it's it's brilliant. To, again, all the little details about where you were, the conversations that had, how it the impromptu, you know, it just what I, I and what I remember. <laughs> but it's also just right now interesting when you yeah, you're taking these photos with your your your, your phone. I mean, it's amazing I remember that phone call that from yeah. Slash. You yeah. know, yeah. and it, it was, you know, it, it's funny, you know, you think of it, you know, Slash calling me up, you know, I mean you think of it now, but back then, like I said, Slash really wasn't anyone beyond just a another wannabe rock. You know, he probably if you asked him back in 1987, would you still be relevant in 2021? <laughs> he probably would have laughed at you. I don't know if I'll be alive. And that's why, you know, as I'm, we're just it's cool that we're, you know, you, we're doing this together, going through your website that we can look back to back, you know, a photo of just young slash and just move right, right up and it's just him. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the first one. And this is like the last one, even though I actually did take a few, I think I have a few photos from the elite, the Raider stadium, but there's nothing good. I mean, you can see anyone else's photos that are much better than mine. It's now cool. yeah, I use my phone, you know, but even though I, I, I photographed Todd, I went to see Todd Kearns because okay. if you're a slash fan, you know who Todd Kearns is. Sure, I love Todd. Todd's great. Todd's a Vegas local, even though he's not a Vegas native, but he's a Vegas local. And he just played okay. his birthday gig on on Saturday. And he actually used in his social media my little photo that I took with my little phone, as opposed to the professional photographer that was sitting in the pit. <laughs> And use my photo to represent his social media, as you know. So you know, nice. um, I can still take. I still know how to frame a photo, but I'm just using a little lousy camera phone, you know, as opposed to a professional technology-driven camera that you could do. Really, you could you can cook chicken with these days, you know, <laughs> along with along with taking pictures, you know, it's just like, like I said, the, the ability they have now, I wish I had, if I could see all my mistakes in present time where I could have corrected them, as opposed to two days later when you can't correct them, you know, if, if my flash was on a wrong setting or if uh, my film wasn't loaded right, or if someone was out of focus or, Something like that. You didn't see that. You know, you you had no idea what your photo would look like until a day or two later. And that was the great thing about photography because you could actually be excited. It's like opening a pack of baseball cards and seeing who you have, who you got. You know, it was like going to one hour photo with a a small canister film and getting back 36 photos to flick through. I remember. I I remember. I'm not that young. I know. Uh, I said, you know, yeah, but, but that day was a it was a thing, a sheet of slides. See, back then it wasn't even prints. It was these these transparencies, which were the acceptable media of of magazines. You know, it's like what they needed. They could they didn't want a negative. They wanted a positive, which is a slide, which, you know, I guess was ideal for publishing, you know, later on. 
I think it's great so, that so many of, of what you took and didn't know was so like again, so many of them look so crisp and clear now. But as we go on, there are ones that like, okay, is this too bright? Is this out of focus? And like, okay, yeah. it looked yeah. great regardless. But still, yeah. it's interesting to hear you say that. I, I, I could show you even that what, but you know, you could see, okay, that's 257. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story about that one. And then, you know, I guess we'll go head on to part two. Okay. Um, okay. Flash but yeah, like, yeah, like you said, like you said, it's, um, um, these days, if you look at pictures these days, if you look at a Guns N' Roses photo these days, the color is a lot more different. The lighting is a lot more better. The cameras can get, they use, they usually use natural lighting or the flashes don't wash out the photos. You know, you could tell which photos were taken with a flash as opposed to natural lighting. We didn't have the ability to take pictures with natural lighting back then. The film didn't, you know, the film didn't exist for whatever. Yeah, it just, you know, like I said, the, the technology that they have these days is, 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 uh, I wish I had that. I wish I had the ability to click a photo and not have to worry about having more enough film for the, the end of the night. Right. It was just that you, you had to preserve your film. Right. You had to preserve your film. Yeah. You had to save the film. You couldn't click at everything. Yeah. Literally, I had to wait for a shot. Now yeah. you could literally take a billion shots in a yep. sitting and then yep. edit them later. You had yep. to do the editing before you took the shot back in the day. <sighs> if that makes any sense. It makes you all know. the world kids these days. Okay. Uh, well, let's, okay. Let's get back to this photo. <laughs> okay. Okay. Steven sleeping in that same hotel room after the whiskey, which is just slash on the bed. Um, you know, now this is where he first passed out. With a beer, so it's not staged that he has a beer in his hand. It's not staged. Say again. So it's not staged that Slash has. Oh a beer. no, no. Well, Stephen staged. Okay. Stephen kind of sat next to him and said, "Let's take a picture." And you notice how they matched their tattoos. You know, if you know yeah. Stephen and Slash, they had the same tattoo on their left arm. Yeah. Okay, if you if you click on that photo, just click on the photo where you get a, a one you get it in its own. Scroll up, you can see it's the same photo. I mean, same tattoo. Oh, I, they kind of made it to look looking where it's like one tattoo, but it's actually it's two tattoos, you know, combined to be one. It's the same, yeah. you know, they have the same tattoo, and and so Stephen actually sat next to Slash, who was passed out with the beer in his hand. There, the Budweiser still holding a beer. But um, and um, and you see his his ashtray of cigarettes and his Jack Daniels and his earring, his 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 loop earring and so on and coffee and whatever else is there, um, and you know I guess and so so Stephen just you know created that shot, which you could also see it's actually published in his book. If you have a copy of Stephen's book, I do actually. I haven't looked at. I've read it you can see a photo of that, or or maybe the next shot, or you know, there's there's a few of those shots. There's ones with his eyes open, with his eyes shut. I don't know which one they used, but it's in there. And if you look at number two sixty three, you can see the leg of the girl that was wearing the bunny ears. 
Oh, all right. Nice okay. little lady. Uh, that, was, that was the girl that was wearing the bunny ears who we don't know who she is. Well, we know we don't know longer. We know who she is. We have not found her since. Um, but there's another girl that's there that we we have found, and I I still am in touch with that was also there that night, you know. And but yeah, but that but that leg belongs to a girl named Krista, I think her name was, and she was the girl that was dressed as a bunny, the Playboy bunny, where those bunny ears and bunny nose came from. Uh, that Slash is wearing. And so on. And that guitar is the famous Joe Perry guitar. If you're a gun, I'm sure you know the story of Slash acquiring Joe Perry's 70s Les Paul at a pawn shop in 1987. Somehow he found it and he returned it or gave it back to, he didn't, he didn't quite, he, he managed to acquire it somehow, buy it from a pawn shop and gave it to Joe Perry as a present, um, which is the, so that's the guitar, and you could see actually if you see Aerosmith, Joe Perry still uses that guitar. That's a very well, that's a very valuable Les Paul, probably worth probably a quarter of a million dollars or and something. He, it was he, probably worth eight hundred dollars at the time Slash bought it. Wow. Okay. Just wow. And he gave it to Joe, you know. But that's yeah, that was the famous guitar, you know, and that's how I actually, and that's how Slash kind of got back in touch with me. You know, <laughs> I'm the only, I was one of the few photographers that had a picture of that guitar, candidly, and he needed it for something. And he contacted me through Lon Friend, famous okay. editor of Rip Magazine, who's uh, still one of my closest friends. And uh, yeah helped me out back then and published a lot of my photos and he was the first one to publish the buddy years photo and he lives here in vegas i saw him two nights ago with at the todd kearns gig so um he's doing he, he kind of coordinated us back together about 10 years ago and you know i said me and slash i don't i don't abuse our friendship you know and uh you know uh, or his email address i only send it when i need it you know <laughs> and i don't give it out but you know um that's slash on the phone in his apartment calling pink dot i think i think it was calling pink dot which was a the first of its kind a delivery uh convenience store oh, so okay. pink dot was one of the first ones i know it was the first one in hollywood that if you called them, that one location right in the middle of Hollywood, you called them, they would come over with whatever you needed legally that, that they sold in their store, you know, beer, wine, you know, the, sandwiches, the, cookies, whatever, whatever else you get at a convenience store. The Grubhub of their day, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but this was the personal store, yes. But this was their own store. Yeah. And, you know, I think there still is a pink dot that exists. Wow. Actually, I do, because they actually... There's a picture of a of a pink dot matchbook somewhere in there, and they actually licensed my photo of Slash holding a pink dot matchbook. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. So again, I encourage everybody to yeah. you know either go on you know vintage music images, uh, the Facebook or my Instagram. My Instagram is great. My Instagram, David Plastic Twenty Two. If you go to my Instagram, um. <clears throat> 
that's my most populated photo gallery. So, I mean, I mean, I post photos every day, mostly either birthdays, anniversaries of their passings or yeah, maybe just monumental days of, of existence, you know, of when a photo was taken, you know. You're very you actually, because, you know, I didn't realize it was Rodney Dangerfield's birthday until yeah. the photo Day. And the other the guy below, and, and the day Michael Hutchins passed away. Yeah, so that's Michael Hutchins from In Excess. You just passed. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I had Gary Beard. Today is the twenty fourth anniversary of his death, which which we all know. Well, I assume we all know how he died. Yeah, I, I know it's up for interpretation, but no, it's it's sad. Regardless, we were lucky to have Gary Beers from In Excess on the. Uh, on the show at times. So, I mean, it's a real history lesson. Not only are these cool photos to look at, you know, one of a kind. That's the Us Festival. That's the Us Festival, which was my very first trip to California. Um, back in 1983. I never was getting California before that. I flew out there for that concert. I was nine. I was 19 years old. Didn't have a photo pass. Brought my camera in as a, you know, just as a fan and managed to get, you know, whatever photos I could that night, that day, over those three days. And then I went back home to uh, act, uh, New York City where, you know, and then, and then moved to Hollywood three years later. That Ronnie Dangerfield is from the Academy Awards in 1987, as you can see Oscar behind him. Uh, <laughs> I guess an icon, an icon, and I'm so I want yeah. to bring your Instagram. Rodney was great. I partied with Rodney. Rodney was Rodney was the best friend of Sam Kinison's, and yeah, you could yeah you could find my Instagram there. Um, T I K, yeah, <laughs> there it is, right there. That's my Instagram. Follow me. You. you don't even follow me. Okay, <laughs> I followed you back on Twitter. No, that's you. So. Um, yeah, I, I accepted your friend request on Facebook and uh, I followed you back on Twitter. So now we got to do the Instagram thing. So, yeah, again, yep. people look, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, his, his website, find a photo. Because, again, we're just talking, obviously, immediately about Guns N' Roses. But if there's a photo that David took that you want us to talk about on part two, tell me. Right? Send a message. So, obviously, David is just, uh, you know, a wealth of information and stories. And, I mean, it's just been a lot of fun. I I could keep going. Don't don't keep saying you got to keep going. I got to feed my cats. I got you know. I can't keep you here forever, uh, David. But this was this was a lot of fun. I don't know. Are, are you uh, getting messages now? A slash texting? Yeah, you, you know, people are just messaging me. Don't know that, that don't even. And it's funny is the person that's messaging me wouldn't even know who Guns N' Roses is. <laughs> I got him. Because I, I have a I have another. You know, I, I if you look me up, I was also a professional poker player. For many years, I did look that up. I was surprised. I didn't know yeah, that. So I, you know, I eventually went on, and I just actually competed in the World Series of Poker 2021. I have nothing good to say about it. I'm not the current champion, <laughs> but I did have a pretty good career in poker for many years. Hey, it's better than me. I'm uh, I'm pretty good at Uno, so that's my game. Not not, not poker. Uh, David, this was a pleasure. You were so fun to talk to. I can't wait to do this again, but we need to digest uh, all this information that you gave us and, and people to do the research. Again, go to your social media, your website, and, and get questions in as you were able to tell through this conversation. Each one 
has quite a story attached to it. And I love the fact that you, you know, you made your own luck. You were talking about before not being one of the lucky ones to be, you know, in the pit. You really made your own luck and it paid off. And, uh, you know, uh, above what we, we were talking about earlier, I'm glad you're here and we're having this conversation today. Well, sounds good, Brandon. Let's and let's go. Uh, let's let's look forward to part two. Sounds good. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. And let me know uh, when when you have it when you have it all edited and watchable. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the part two with David? When's the next uh, episode going to air? Well, the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. You'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. security, I'm going home.